0: This is HPR episode 2627 entitled Home Phone Setup! Exclamation. It is posted by Sigflub and is about 23 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is This episode we set up a small phone system. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to, to Archive.org forward slash donate. This is Sigflip Sinislobel coming to you on Hacker Public Radio. This particular episode, I am talking to you through a phone line, a phone line that I set up. This is our house phone system with Camellio a SIP program a SIP server that I'll try and pronounce again that is Camellio I'm <laughs> not sure how it's pronounced but it's cool let's start so my neighbor has these Cisco 7940 VoIP telephones um, we share a garage and I snoop around and I saw them and I'm like oh my god this is awesome let's make use of them and so they gave me the clear and I got all the telephones and the first thing I did was I connected by, by a DHC and found the settings button and toured the options. And I thought, there's a, there's a settings button on the phone and it, it displayed all the, the configuration options. And so it's like, clearly this is how you set it up, I thought. Well, you couldn't really edit the options, at least most of them. So the important ones you couldn't change. So I found the manual and apparently gets its configuration through TinyFTP, that's TFTP. It's uh, So it's, oh, let's set up a TFTP server. The only computer I had free uh, is this Mac PPC running Debian, so I did an app install on TFTP and TFTPD. It actually took me a long time to figure out that TFTP, i sorry, TFTPD is actually an X init D service. Um, X init D gets its configuration from Etsy slash X dot D, where every file in this directory is code and code ran, so to speak. So I open a file uh, in, in that directory and I call it TFTP. The grammar of the config files is actually pretty simple. It goes something like this service, service name, uh, open bra- brackets, options, close bracket. So for the options, I found a nice help file on the internet. And uh, you're supposed to populate the options with this. Protocol equals UDP. Port equals 69. Now, it, just, it sounds like I just made up that port, but that's actually the port for tiny FTP. Or trivial FTP, rather. Socket type, datagram. Weight, yes. User, nobody. Server, user, slash, sbin, slash, in.tftpd. Uh server args, this is the important one, slash TFTP B-O-O-T, TFTP boot. Disabled no. And per source equals eleven. And uh, then CPS equals one hundred and two flags IPB four. All right, all right, all right, all right. So notice the server args uh, option. It's a directory. In that directory you're supposed to have your that's where you put all your FTP, FTP files. So I'm make make sure of that. And uh um there okay, so there are two files. When it comes to Cisco nine seven nine four zeros, there's one file called sip-defaults.cnf. And there's another SIP uh MAC address.cns. SIP defaults SIP I'm sorry, sip C. CNF contains global settings. In SIP MAC address, CNF contains local settings. That's local for the phone. So, okay, this is uh, right, awesome. I need to test this with a VoIP provider. So I looked around and found one called VoIP Buster that was pretty easy. Uh, the protocol, the VoIP protocol is called SIP. Now, there are different firmwares for the Cisco phones to do different things. Um, the SIP firmware was already on them. You can tell by looking at the upper right of the screen, and it says SIP. So I didn't have to flash a new firmware. Thank God. <laughs> looking at the manual, I chose my default um, to be, in, that, that is in SIP defaults, so that's enough. NAT underscore enable one, since I was behind a NAT. And uh, as for the IP address and all that jazz, the phone will do a DHCP request when it boots up. So I found a spare router and had that DHCP running, uh, DHCP server running, connecting to my phone and my computer to it. With the SIP MAC address CNA file, well, first of all, um, the file name does not contain contain colons, so it's just the the hex of the MAC address. Um, My particular... Sip mac address .dot um, c n f file for just one connected phone contains proxy one address sip .com that is the sip server and then we have a name I call it outside we have auth name um, that is my voicebuster user display name outside and then finally password and that is my password all these are um, the prefix to all of these is line one, underscore. Now, I got these settings from Boister, the Voightbuster FAC. Um, let's power on the phones and make some calls. So the, so the phone goes through. goes through two stages, it seems. The first stage is getting the DHCP settings and looking for firmware a firmware file. If it can't find one, it resets after getting the DHCP settings. This time, it completes booting up. Um, I picked up the handset, getting ready. Behold, not a thing. So I looked at the settings via the phone's settings interface. Nothing from my config, config files are found. Now, I went to this thinking that TFTP replies to broadcast requests, so the phone is not really needing an idra- an address. I was wrong. Turns out the phone needed the FTP, TFTP's IP address. So after a long time, I finally found out that you can change the TFTP address in the Settings dialog right on the phone. This is one thing you can change in the configuration on the phone. First, you need to unlock it. This is done by pressing Settings and going to the bottom where it says Unlock Settings. Choose that. And when you're prompted for a password, the good old password is Cisco. Who would have thought? After things are unlocked, go up to the Network Configuration menu. Inside, go to alternate TFTP. Um, It should be set to no. You want to change that to yes. Now you can go up to TFTP server option and enter the address of your TFTP um, server. And so reset it, boots up, looks nice. Let's see if we can dial out. So I picked up the handset and entered 001 plus my cell phone number, as Voidbuster told me to do. You press pound to initiate a call. So I push pound. A few seconds later, I was calling my phone. It bloody worked. Oh, it was great. Now, the caller ID number you get depends on how you set up your account on Voidbuster. I chose my Google Voice number. So if you get an incoming call from one of the 7940s without, uh, you can't get incoming calls from the 7940 without some sort of tunneling. Or if um, you're on a DMZ or something like that. I have uh, these phones, so let's set up a voice system. I have uh, a few of these phones. Now the Mac PPC computers need some sort of SIP server running. I I opted out of using Asterisk uh, because of the learning curve, and I found one called Camemilio. Now Camemilio. Yep. is in the OpenBSD Ports tree. So that's cool. This is Debian, however. I apt installed Chamomileo. Camale- and found that out that you need a database engine type configured in one of the configuration files. The files are located in Etsy slash <laughs> I really do not, how to not know how to pronounce that. Uh, After grepping a bit of the configuration files, I found that you set the database database type uh, in a file called camctlrc. There's a variable there called dbengine. I I, I set this to dbtext, because I didn't want to set up an SQL server or anything like that. Text is just fine for me. Another Another setting I changed was domain. I changed this to the address of my Mac PPC computer. um. Etsy slash d slash chamomileo, restart, restart, worked just fine. That's how I got the server running. So I end mapped my computer, my local host, and I found that port 5060 is listening. That's the SIP server address. Success. Now we need to add lines. Touring uh, the chamomileo help, I found that... Uh, the right command to add lines, quote-unquote, or users as they're known to the Cam Emilio, is camctl add, um, user username, and then password. So I typed that in, and bah, it complained about needing an email address. And I, I looked at the, the documentation. I couldn't figure out how to enter this email address. So to this day, I, I don't really know uh, what I need to do. Instead, I hacked it. <laughs> I found the ba- database location. To be user slash share slash Camilio slash text slash Camilio. And I removed the email address string line from the subscribers file. And uh, after that, I could add lines willy nilly with the uh, camctl. I added 1000 uh, and 1001 to test. After setting the phone's SIP files to the right proxy address and various line one variables, I reset the phones. Crossed my fingers and dialed one of the phones, and it worked. I could dial 1000 pound on the 1001 phone, and it called. It actually rang. It was awesome. So now I need voicemail. I don't need a voicemail for every line, just a virtual line that you can call to leave a voicemail. After googling googling the shit out of the internet, I found a promising project on GitHub called Pi. Now, this is uh, meant for Raspberry Pis, um, but I decided to just run it on my Mac PPC computer. The address for this is github.com <laughs> slash fabian h-u slash sip underscore pi, to be exact. Pi depends on a library called pjSip, uh, which as per the Sip Pi read me says I did this. W get the release tarball for uh, PJsip, uh, Untar that. Uh, go into the directory. Uh, just do a simple make that make 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 install, and it compiled a lot of files without a hitch, which makes me Sigflub, Club very happy when things compile. Now, now um, to get SIPPI working, the program, the program I'm interested in SIPPI repo is a particular program called SIPServe. I uh, typed make and it made it right away. So I ran it and I've got a bloody seg folk. I was so close. So I looked at the config files and edited the mandatory settings, that is SD, F-U, SU, um these correspond to the line credentials that you have on your Camillo lines. Around serve again. And this time with the file spec- the configuration file specified with config file equals blah segfault. Another another segfault. So I look at the make file and added the G D B option to CC and the linker stage. And then RAM serve in GDB. Good new debugger that is. After it crashed, I did a backtrace command to see the path it took uh, to the fault. And I found that it was crashing in a line um, in main, uh, where it was doing a string compare in the argument parser. I couldn't really figure out why it was crashing, so I got rid of the entire parser <laughs> and uh, hard-coded the config file manually, the location of the config file manually. And you know, believe it or not, that stupid little hack worked. So it looked promising. I called the line uh, that the Sip Pie, uh program, the Sip Serve rather, program is connected to. It beeps, kind of like a phone ringing. Then this German guy got on the line and said, hello. I said, hey, my name's Thea. And he talked in German, and I hung up. So I was shaking, going, what the fuck just happened? So I called him again and got the same guy. But he didn't say anything different. So I searched the SIP directory for any waves or audio files. One log called and Sage. That W-A-E-V, that contained the German guy wasn't a really pearly person that I called. It was a bloody recording. So I noticed in the directory when I'm searching for this, there's a lot of time-stab wave and MP3 files. Those were the messages I left. So it works. So I probably not not. What you're, what you're supposed to do, I changed the Sage ansage.waves okay. file to a nice greeting. Okay. okay, so got that working. That's good. One last, well, actually two last things. But uh, now what I want to do is set up the system um, in such a way that it makes a Facebook message to um, our house's Facebook message group that all my housemates are a part of. Once a message is left, I found so I found out that after SIPserve answers calls, it runs a script called mail.sh. Excuse, excuse me, with um, um, dollar dollar two as the message wait file. That's our hook. that's our hook. Yeah. now. It was, it was about this time when I went searching for a Facebook Messenger app uh, that works on the command line for Linux. I found a few, and none of them worked, and one of them was way too complicated. So I settled on one called Messenger CLI. That is github.com astro slash messenger cli. All this is in the show notes, by the way. It looked simple as hell. It was based on this Facebook chat API, both of which ran on top of Node, kind of Node. So I cloned the repo and went to it and typed npm install some text goodbye and in the end it completed uh, the command line messenger. So I ran it. it. Asked me for my Facebook credentials. It looked promising as hell, but I couldn't actually figure out how to send messages. I thought for a second that maybe this is a password stealer. And <laughs> so my girlfriend messaged me. It popped out in my terminal. Yes. But I still couldn't figure out how to message someone. So I tried to hack it. Looking at the program's index.js file, I found that, the, that it's really a simple wrapper for Facebook chat API. So I decided to look at the readme for, uh, for that, which contained a simple node program to log in and echo messages sent to it. That program is in the show notes. Uh, Basically, you start with a variable called login that requires Facebook-chat.API. It uh, does a login call with your credentials, and uh, then it runs api.listen. API API is a variable that login uh, populates. So you listen for a message, and then you send a message. The message that gets received has a body to it and a thread ID. And I think and I think that's the reason why. I couldn't, figure, I couldn't it figure it out. Because um you can't really resolve a person's thread ID from their name, so you have to have them text you or message you. So I uh looks simple enough. Uh the one uh, the one variable, a like thread ID, I had no idea what that was. So I put a console log into the dump. Um to to, to to log out, log out the thread ID of whoever messages me. So I went to the house messenger group and I typed, Marco, and one of my mates replied. With that reply, unbeknownst to them, the node script logged the thread ID. this bit of secret info I needed. So I wrote node um, script to take a file um, written in a configuration file and message message the house group with something like new voicemail at 1109's front door. Here's our MP3 link. Now 1109 is the house address. I need to run this on my OpenBSD VPS because the MP3 files will be hosted there. I want to log into my server with a script. So I set up um, an SSH keygen pair, and I was able to log in without a password or a passphrase. That's good. Scripts can do that. Then I changed my mail.sh um, file to contain um, bin sh name pound two to output pound two. I'm sorry. I'm sorry uh, dollar sign two to output dollar sign two dot mp3. That's just converting the WAV file to mp3. Then um, issuing a secure CP to my uh, my my um open BPS, open bsd vps, and then uh, secure shelling to it. Just running a program called runner. Okay, we have the script. Um, the the on the openbsd machine. Um. From there, it runs a script called runner on the server. On the server. That's what. This is what runner looks like. Basically, Basically it's been plus sh. Um, ECHO ALL THE ARGUMENTS TO SAID EXPRESSION uh, FIND AND CHANGE SPACE TO UNDERSCORE I'LL PUT THAT TO RUNNER UNDERSCORE TEMP Do AS MV MPEG FILE TO THE WEB ROOT DIRECTORY AND THEN RUN NODE uh, RUNNING THE 0 script. THE SET OF THE SPACES OUT OF THE FILE and it put it right in the place, the good the, the, the right in the place on the server. Notice the doaz command. Do as is OpenBC's replacement for bloated sudo. You can have it in fc slash Um the option to never ask for a password. So that's good. Now let's get to the the OO.js node script. Basically, it reads the file, runner.tmp tmp, saves in the variable. It logs in the Facebook chat API way. Then it doesn't listen or anything. It just sends a message saying new voicemail at 1109 front door. Here's the link. All this does is connect to my Facebook and send out a message with the URL of the voicemail mp3. I wanted wanted to put a phone phone out. out by the stoop. But, but I didn't want to know. I didn't want to care if it was stolen or damaged. This means I need a SIP 2 regular landline device. Turns out these things are called ADAs. I found one on Amazon for thirty bucks. It's the Cisco SPA112. The manual. The manual says that I connect my browser to so the IP is assigned to to configure uh, it by a web interface. I tried that and it didn't work. Uh, now it turns out. That you need to use the alternate Ethernet jack on it. There's one jack called Ethernet, and there's one jack called um, Internet. So, so you connect directly to your computer's NIC with the Ethernet port. Do an H, uh, DH client request, and it gives you um, a 192.168.16/24 address. From there, you from there you connect to 192.168.16.1 and log in as admin. Password admin. The configuration tool the configuration web tool is dirt simple and uh just configure it you're done you're done and uh that's what I did now it's it's working you can call in from the stoop um leave a message for us if you want to. We can call the stoop in case someone's there and uh the next step is to take a snapshot of the security camera at the stoop and send it in the Facebook Messenger um, so you can see who's there as well but that's that's for another day thank you for listening everyone take care bye bye you've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at HackerPublicRadio.org we are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club, and it's part of the binary revolution at binref.com. If you have comments on today's show,